You're listening to episode 70 of the 200 Churches Podcast. Being who I am, I mean, I'm in the fitness, exercise, basketball, softball, anything that has a ball involved into it or involves running or lifting weights, I was all for it. Got super excited that I had an area to serve in the church that growing up at my Baptist roots, um, I wasn't given those opportunities a lot because they, it just wasn't an emphasis, things that aren't typical church things. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we are focused on pastors of small churches, 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release a podcast episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. After the podcast, be sure to check out our website at 200churches.com, where the guys post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the bow and arrow of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with Mr. Millennial himself. Oh, my. Johnny Craig. Johnny Craig. And, hey, we are both on target today, on target, bullseye. Hitting a bullseye with this podcast as the bow and arrow oh, of ministry podcast. I see what you did there. Things can get a little bit tense, but then once we let go, oh, man, wow. oh, we're right wow. on target. Right on target. <laughs> hey, today we've got a great podcast today yes. for pastors because they need to hear from laymen. These are the are these the first two laymen we've ever had? Yeah, and not you're not saying lame men. No, okay? not lame men. They're not lame. Lay people. Lay people. Lay, lay persons. People. These are yeah. two lay persons. They're laymen. They're, They're not male, lame. male lay persons. That was a terrible joke. I apologize to everyone who had to hear that. That was bad. I missed it. Do you this, know? Hey, these are not our first two laymen, though. We had is, we had Jan from our own church on. That's true. In that's the past, true. can I pull the curtain back a little bit? Please do. When I edit these after we record them. You I, edit these? <laughs> <laughs> I always hear stuff that I never picked up during the podcast recording. Okay. So in a sense, I'm a listener too. Oh. And whatever you just apologized for, I, I don't I don't know what it was. So don't tell me. So when I go back and edit this, I'll listen and I'll say, <laughs> Oh, that's the joke he was apologizing for. Because some of us, Johnny, some of us are not so young and bright and sharp, and we're a little bit duller and a little bit older. It's more of an old man pun. Yeah. So speaking of old men, <laughs> speaking of old men, Mark Myers yes. is the pastor from Grace Bible Church in Warrenton, Missouri. And he joins us today with two of his male lay people. Steve and Tori. Steve and Tori are involved with him uh, in a sports ministry, in fact, in leadership within their church. They say some great stuff. It's solid. That's going to challenge. It challenges me. And every time I listen to it, as I was editing it, I'm, I'm being challenged by, you know, how do I relate to people in my church? How am I encouraging my people to get involved in ministry? And how am I interacting with people in the community? Mark is doing a great job at Grace Bible Church. Mark and I attended the same college. We overlapped by two years. What the heck, man? Yeah, but Mark was cool. See, Mark was a basketball oh, it's, player. Oh, it's all, all your cool college friends get to be on the podcast. Well, see. Well, be- I, my friends are never on the podcast. Well, your friends are still in college. Well, okay, okay. Come on, you're barely out of college. Okay, that's how it you know, is. They got to prove themselves first. I, well, well, how come I get to be well, on see, the But see, what happens is... What happens is I was kind of a dork in college. You put so, me on your back. So yeah, so so I no, but but I'm getting props now by getting all the cool guys. Oh, I see. What's see, they happening. were cool back then. Of course, they're not cool now. See, now I'm the cool. Now one. you're cool because you got the podcast. Yeah, but no, but Mark has been cool for you know a long time. I see, and he's a cool pastor. The captain of cool. Mark he is Myers. the captain. 
So, Mark Myers with Tori and Steve. Here it is. We are here with my good friend, Mark Myers from Warrenton, Missouri. Mark, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Could, could you still be my good friend if I haven't seen you in like 27-something years? Yes, it is possible. I am that kind of person. <laughs> and you graduated, I'm going to guess, 85 or 86? 85. 85. Wow, you're oh. up there, man. You're getting old. I was yeah. in in utero in 85. Wow. Probably <laughs> not. not. <laughs> yep. A month of 1985. Not in May. Oh, no. <laughs> So, so Mark, you're there at Grace Bible Church in Warrington, Missouri. You've listened to the 200 Churches podcast. We know each other from college. Would you go ahead and introduce the two guys you have with you? Yes, uh, this is Tori Vestal and Steve Etcher. They're both deacons at our church, but also uh, crucial parts of our sports ministry here at Grace. You know, are, is it, Mark, is your church deacon-possessed? It is. Wow. Okay. It really okay. Is. Yeah. Well, Steve and Tori, you guys have the illustrious honor of being the first deacons to appear on the 200 Churches wow. podcast. Wow. That's pretty cool. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We'll you see. Super excited. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, fantastic. We'll, we'll see if it goes uphill or downhill from here. Yeah. Hey, Mark, talk to us yeah. just for a minute. Um, tell us about yourself and about your church how you got there, and what your life is like. Born and raised in Chicago, and then actually did my college in uh, Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, Baptist Bible College out there. Then uh, came home to Chicago, found my wife. Actually, I didn't find her. She was at the church the whole time, uh, the same church that I was growing up in, and we got married went to a ministry of a youth pastorate in Cater, Illinois for 14 years down at Riverside Baptist. Got my master's at Moody Theological Seminary and now um, had the opportunity in 2003 to go come here to Grace Bible Church in Warrington. And so for about 11 years now, I've been here. Love it. Thoroughly love this community and uh, the people that we're doing a church together with. Steve, how long have you been a part of uh, Grace Bible Church there? Uh, actually, a number of years. Uh, I got married here in 1984. Uh, my wife is from this area. We moved uh, to Warrington in 87. Started here with Grace at that point. Uh, then we took a, a break from this church until about 2003, which coincides when, with when Mark uh, showed up to pastor the church and have been involved uh, since that point. How about you, Tori? We've only been going to church here for, I think, roughly seven, maybe eight years. Um, it all kind of correlated when our oldest daughter was born. We were looking for a church that had young children and had a, a strong youth group, and we started visiting a local church. That's what brought us here. Mark, talk to us for a minute about your two friends there and how they are involved in your ministry and the relationship that you have with them. Sure. First of all, they're friends that I can go to and, and pray with and talk to. A lot of times over the years, I remember early on in ministry, I would hear even in philosoph uh, philosophy classes concerning pastoral ministry that pastors weren't allowed to have close friends. And um, I never believed that. And uh, I wouldn't be able to function. And these two guys are a part of the reason why I'm able to do 
anything um, in sports ministry, but also in uh, just being able to confide in them and have them pray and and uh, be there. So when it comes to what we do here, yes, they're deacons, um, and Tori's involved in our Awana ministry. Uh, Steve is actually uh, the the man that when it when it's all said and done, uh, we want somebody to get financial counseling. Uh, they actually will meet with Steve and he can talk over budget and things like that. So they've got other gifts uh, in different areas. But when it comes to sports ministry, I look at Steve as our detail organization guy. He's the one that actually, when we were casting vision concerning what could happen with this gym that is attached to our church, uh, that's been used for a fellowship hall and things along that line, um, he was the one that would be able to put it together, present it to the church in a way so that when it's all said and done, they could walk out of there and say, hey, I can give to that because he's articulated in such a way that it makes sense. Okay, we're going to use it for this. And so we were able to buy the the uh, standards for both basketball and volleyball, uh, get the floor painted, get the pads up behind the basketball nets so that uh, guys wouldn't be crashing into the walls and hurting themselves, uh, get a scoreboard. Um, get those different things. And it's because people reached into their pockets and responded to uh, the call, uh, seeing this as uh, something bigger than just just for our church. And then Tori um, has got, uh, he got his degree at Hannibal LaGrange and it's in uh, something tied to social work. And as a result of that, he's had opportunity to work both in a juvenile center and in the ministry Youth in Need in town here. And because of that, he knows how to deal with um, the young men of all different stripes that come uh, through these doors. And so he's the one at the board. He's kind of our bouncer. Steve and I look really tough when we stand behind Tori. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey, Steve, thank you. Thank you for helping Mark. He needs <laughs> your help. He does. He needs your help. Amen. I, I mean, I need guys like you because I'm not wired the way you are. Mark's not wired the way you are. You are so valuable in the context of a local church. And, and Tori, you as well, because, you know, you just bring something to the whole ministry that uh, that Mark needs, that the church needs, and that the Lord is using to uh, to advance the ministry there. So, uh, Mark, I you know I give you props for uh, identifying the the gifts in these guys and uh, and using them. Hey, I I'd be lost. Um, I love it. Now I'm listening to you talk, and I'm thinking to myself, it sounds like Steve is doing what churches normally think of as a pastoral role, right? Creating ministry, doing the administrative work for a ministry. Um, you know, trying to drum up support for ministry, all of that is relatively pastoral in a way. How many how many staff members do you have at your church, and how much kickback are you giving Steve for all of this? That he's doing? <laughs> oh man, you're not supposed to tell him that. Um, Steve is skimming it off the top. Yeah, it's myself, and then it's uh, our secretary, and then we have a actually a biblical counselor that comes every other week. And uh, she is uh, part time. And so but that is it. The rest of these guys are um, they're getting they're good for nothing. And uh, that I appreciate that. Yeah. And they have to pay you to be good, right? That's right. They you still expect 10 percent, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, Mark, we were talking earlier, and you said you said that you're trying to pastor your church like you pastored young people. In other words, do your ministry like a youth group. Could you could you talk about that just a little bit? What I see a lot of times is pastors become CEOs. They and and I understand and they even have boards that force them that direction. And there's nothing wrong with being organized and and things along that line. But I see the word pastor means shepherd. And how do I get to know people if the only times they see me are in crisis mode or up uh, speaking from a bully pulpit or um, they look at me as I'm just a businessman instead of praying together and playing together. And then when the crisis mode hits, they know that I love them even in the midst of, of the everyday. And so what I see in youth groups is youth group Youth pastors, a lot of times, they have to understand the culture because they're dealing with kids that are involved in, in popular culture and they're involved in youth culture. And then I also see youth pastors, they go on mission trips and they they do um, um, these different things. And I But I see a lot of pastors that are holed up in their office and uh, that concerns me instead of getting out into the community. And so that's why when Steve and Tori and I are involved in this, this is twice a week for the most part. We've been doing this close to five years now. We are in the community and this, uh, speaking specifically about this sports ministry, we can walk through the Walmart, um, through the community, go to community events. And as a result of that, we are known just because of this this ministry, uh, let alone other things that we are involved in. Yes, I, I love how you talk, how you are talking about those guys because you've been serving with them and you've got a relationship with them. Tori, I haven't, we haven't heard much from you. Uh, tell us, um, tell us what your involvement is there and what you like about your church and why. Well, as stated earlier, I am one of the deacons at the church. Um, my official title is director of sports ministry here at Grace Bible Church. Basically, what that consists of is any time. We have basketball or we um, do softball or we do any of these things into the community that I'm kind of in charge of helping to set and organize the part of it. I know one of the things that we do do is we run a church, we call it a G-ball softball team, where we take a lot of the guys that come to the Grace Basketball Association that come and play basketball here. Mm -hmm. um, we invite them to play with other members of our church, so it gives us a chance to fellowship with them outside of just the church doors. Um, when we're sitting in the dugout, we get a chance to talk to them. Um, we can go have dinner with them and meet, you know, and kind of associate with them, not just within the church doors, but outside the church doors as well. Um, I'm also the guy that when we do basketball, I'm here 30 to 40 minutes ahead of time, getting everything set up. Usually the guy that's here locking the doors and shutting them up whenever we leave. I'm yes. So those are kind of my duties slash responsibilities. That's awesome. I'm listening to you guys talk about all your sports ministries, and that sounds like uh, an amazing opportunity for you guys to to be in your community and reach your community. I'm wondering, Mark, we talk a lot about the church growth, um, I don't know, bug uh, on this podcast and, and how sometimes we can always be focusing on growth, growth, growth. How Did you feel when you started doing some of these sports ministries, did you feel that push like, well, we can do this sports ministry and, you know, maybe part of that will be for church growth uh, or or did you have kind of clarity that, hey, grow, don't grow, whatever. What we're trying to do is make an impact for the kingdom of God and to reach more people with the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's the latter. It's um, 
what what we found and Steve Steve Tori and I are talking about this stuff all the time in the fact that uh, when we got into this, we knew it was going to be long term because a lot of these guys they are involved in stuff that they are enjoying. They're in the world. They've got their girlfriends. They're, some of them are living with their girlfriends. They're doing um, recreational drugs. They're drinking. They're um, just involved in their lives in ways and they're only going to need us so much. They love the fact that we open a gym for them. Some of them, we've got a chance to sit across a table and share the gospel. We've also had, like we had an all-star game where Tori just opened up his heart and we tell them, we'll tell them we love them. They know we care about them. One opportunity we had one time, one of them, uh, their father passed away and they approached me about being involved uh, to do his funeral. And they don't, they think that this is their church. That if they were to be asked, push came to shove and they were say, name the church, this is their church. And many of them, all they do is play basketball here. But we're waiting for the day because we know ministry is long-term. We're waiting for the day when the light goes on and it may mean a divorce for them. It may mean uh, something really bad happening to them. We don't want, wish that upon them, but sometimes it takes crisis for them to bow the knee and then we want to be there. So we, we love them. And we want the best for them, but we we pray um, any way that God can get a hold of them. Yeah, that's awesome. You you know you said it though. All they do is play basketball, but it is their church. I mean that's that's their church. Those are the people that they're connected to God through. So that when that life crisis comes, they they do call Pastor Mark. They they come alongside Tori on the on the sidelines and talk to him about their issues, or they approach Steve. Um, that that is their church, and it's. I love the way we've expanded our definition of what a church is. It's not just the people that show up on Sunday mornings, but it's the people who are connected and vital and authentic relationships with all of our people throughout the week. So, Steve, uh, you're the organized guy. You're the guy that kind of uh, leads and, and shares some vision. You shared vision about this gym and what's going on. So uh, we asked Tori, how about you? What do you enjoy about the church, and how are you involved in it? Enjoying the church, it's really the people. Um, we've got an in- incredible diversity within the, in the congregation. We've got nanny-year-olds down to nine-year-olds, and we've got relationships with all of them. And, and that's the key to any success is having that relationship with them so they know you care about them they know you're praying for them they know that you're there if they need something so that's why i like about it it's a friendly church it's an open-hearted church open-minded church so uh, it gives you a really good opportunity to minister my role what i do what i enjoy doing in the church i i guess my would call it i try to take complex things that confound a lot of people and break it down into simple terms so they can understand it get behind it and get excited whether it's raising money for the gym or the construction aspects of building a gym like that or understanding the finances behind it. Uh, my, my job, I think, or my calling is to break it down so everybody gets excited and understands. Now, I would say to every pastor listening to us, if you have somebody like that in your church, you need to find them and you need to employ them in ministry. Not not employ in terms of payment, but you just need to get them involved. I mean, do you have somebody like that in your church that has that kind of a skill set and that kind of gifting and they're just they're sitting in the back row, right? And they're leaving after the sermon and they never really get connected and nobody's reaching out to them. So 
that's that's fantastic. Now, Mark, um, tell us about other ministries that you have in your church, other other sports ministries, as well as any other type of ministries that fit your community. Yeah, we had, um, it was mentioned, uh, we have a guy named Don Schneider who runs with our volleyball ministry. We also have an outdoor sports ministry led by this uh, gentleman named Robert Duran. And Rob, what he has found is uh, that that's his passion. And as each each of us guys have mentioned stuff, the reason that Steve and Tori and I are doing sports ministry is, to be honest with you, we like playing basketball. That's a big reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we found is if you have some people in your church that are passionate about stuff, they can they they get excited about ministry and so rob is sitting there he keeps hearing us talk about sports ministry he loves hunting and as a result of being a hunter he he says hey why don't we try this um a thing we'll just do an archery ministry and it's it's just taken off and we've got it's a community it's a we're in a rural community and as a result of that lots of hunters he has a wild game dinner every year that he brings in a speaker that has an expertise when it comes to hunting and they fix all sorts of wild game and the, you pack the gym. And then we have uh, this individual share at the end that I may not know him, but if anybody has any understanding of hunting, they would know this individual and he'll use terms and, and uh, the duck calls and all that stuff. And, and as a result of that, um, you'll fill the fill the building uh, with with hunters, and we live in a community that loves that. Um, something that we we beat the drum about all the time is what what has God wired you for? I think as men, we we love to be entertained, and a lot of the entertainment that we're using is just for our personal enjoyment. And I don't think God's called us to that. That's that man cave mentality. Instead of how can I use? How can I leverage? this thing. And so if your thing is cars, we don't have that here, but if there, there, there probably are some guys here that could do that. Start some, somehow pray and ask God, how can I use this? And I could keep listing things to you, but the bottom line is then it's not just a hobby anymore because hobbies are, are temporal, but to have something eternal, that's, that's just great. And so all these different ministries, it just, it just takes off. And then it, it just happens. You don't have to keep pushing these people because they love, I don't have to. Yes. Are there times where Tori and Steve and I would rather not play and uh, we're tired or whatever? Sure. But we let each other take a break, but ultimately we've seen the value and keep going. I love that. I just, I just came back from a college men's retreat and they asked me to share a, a couple sessions. And one of the things that I talked to them about was, you know, your strengths play to your strengths. Don't play to someone else's strengths. Right. You need to you need to do those things that God has gifted you at, and so uh, yeah, you're talking sports, you're talking hunting. And then you said, you know, if your thing is cars, we don't have that here. But if your thing is cars, then you know, leverage it for the kingdom, basically. And uh, that'd be my encouragement to any pastor listening right now, just to say, hey, there are people in your church, and you, I mean, you as the leader of your church, you have interests, you have right hobbies. How can you now turn that hobby and face it outward toward the world as opposed to always inward toward yourself and your own entertainment and use the interests and passions that God has given you to make an impact in your community? And we're always trying to talk about that, um, I think, on this podcast as being an outward-focused church, not inward, and and that's a huge, huge piece of that. Mark, I got a question for you. Yeah, 
I'm a pastor out there somewhere in the hinterlands, and I've got a small church, and all of the ministries at my church happen within the four walls of my church, and all the ministries are are pretty much church-type ministries, you know, Sunday school, and maybe there's a choir, uh, or, or just your typical church ministries. And really, there's no hobbistries, you know, there's no ministries right. that are somebody's hobby. And let's say I've been at the church, it's my first or second year, and you know, it's just pretty much, it's church stuff. Where, where do I start? How, how do I, what is the first step that I take to create ministries in the church that I don't have to push, um, that I don't have to propel forward, but ministries that my people will own and really sink sink themselves into because it's part of who they are. What, what's my first step? How do I do this? Well, I, and I know this is going to sound spiritual, but that's because I am. Um, <laughs> um, Mark, Mark, you've changed since college. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. Um, no, but you pray, and you, uh, you ask the Lord concerning that. But secondly, you might have to do one or two, and it is your thing. Another thing is sitting down with your people. Do you, Pastor, did you, do you get out of the office and go to McDonald's or go to that local restaurant and build relationships there? That, that's, that's amazing when that happens. But then you sit across from some of your men and you find out their story. I, people will tell you their story. And after a while, if you spend time with people, you find out what they're passionate about. And then you just start talking about how, wow, you could, you could use this for God. I knew of a, I heard about a, a guy that loved um, CB radios and he handed out CB radios to all of these people. And uh, there was a, like a junior high group and they had the best Bible study. It was like pre Facebook and pre, you know, blogging and all this stuff. And they were willing to talk into this, this CB radio and it, it took, it just took off. And I, I mean, you could, the sky's the limit on it. And, but it, the only way you're going to ever find out, the only reason I knew Tori liked basketball is we start it, the basketball actually started at the juvenile center. Tori, do you have something? Yeah, I was just, you know, going off what Mark was saying. I know that when we first started visiting the church, one of the first things that Mark did is he asked me if he can meet me one day at my work. Um, and at the time I was working at a juvenile youth correction facility, a maximum security um, facility. And he came in and he toured the facility during my lunch break. Um, and then he saw that we played some basketball and he, he volunteered to come in on a Sunday when we played and wanted to play. And, you know, I had to pull some strings at the time to get him in, but it kind of opened a lot of doors. And so by finding out those things, Mark's like, you know, I kind of see the things that you're into. And he had already had this vision of what he was hoping the sports ministry might become. Um, and he's like, would you be interested in something like this? Um, and of course, being who I am, I mean, I'm in the fitness, exercise, basketball, softball, anything that has a ball involved into it or involves running or lifting weights, I was all for. And it got super excited that I had an area to serve in the church that growing up my, at my Baptist roots, um, I wasn't given those opportunities a lot because they, it just wasn't an emphasis, things that aren't typical church things. So. Tori, you just challenged every one of us pastors with the idea that when a guy visits our church, and maybe the second or third time, and, and they're seriously interested, that we would go to the workplace and visit with them and ask what they do, how they do it, and actually get a tour. That's that's phenomenal. Thanks for sharing that. No problem. Hey, one more thing with that. I remember when I first visited the church, and Mark would tell you this, that I wasn't a big fan of Mark. 
the first couple times. Well, I I, I'm not surprised, Tori. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's, you know. You know what, though? But when he came and met me at work and we had a chance to kind of sit down and talk, you know, I saw what he was passionate about and how he was, how he was passionate about serving, and it, it just took off from there, so. Now, Tori, let's uh, Tori. I want to I want to go a little bit deeper here on what you're sharing. Now, now, why? T- tell us specifically. What about Mark? Were you not a fan of? Was it his face? I mean, or... something he did or said kind of put you off. What was it? <laughs> you know, you know, we joke, but truthfully, it was simply because the first visit. I grew up in a Baptist church, and mm-hmm. so I'm used to pastors preaching a certain way, and. He was very different, a slightly unorthodox, and I left thinking to my. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, I just don't know. I don't. I can't handle this. And she loved it, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> Mark, so, you had forgotten your BBC roots. So sad. Yeah, it it breaks my heart. <laughs> so, Tori, you you weren't going to your Baptist church anymore, though, right? But you were still grading Mark by the history that you walked away from. Absolutely. Hey, man. Yeah. Now hey, that man. is so. Pastors, you're listening and you're saying that is so classic. That that's what happens. Yeah. People come, they they leave something because they don't like it anymore, but then they judge their next one by the one that they just left. So that's uh that's good. Steve, do you have anything else to add before we uh we put a banana peel in front of Mark at the end of this thing? <laughs> sure, just a couple thoughts, but I'm not gonna slam on Mark, so I'll leave that to you guys. But... Okay, okay. Uh, you know, in addition to kind of just getting to know people and, and praying about opportunities for new ministries, I think a real important role for pastors is to create and identify champions for these causes. Uh, one person can only lift so much, uh, but a number of people can lift a lot of weight and a lot of projects. And so find that guy that's passionate, or that leader that's passionate and, and make them the champion, make them the face of it, the voice of it. So it's not the same person giving the same message over and over again. And if you find that champion, find the passion behind them, it just makes it a lot easier for the pastoral staff. I love it, Steve. Is that it? You got one more? Gem of <laughs> well, that was you know, good. You never asked me how I got to know Mark or meet Mark. We're trying uh, to mine everything out of you. We can, Steve. Yeah, well. Go, go ahead, share it. Well, I lived in this neighborhood before it went downhill. And, uh, <laughs> this, this Cub fan moved in down the street and... Uh, my daughter and I would be out in the, ba- in the driveway playing basketball, and this guy just kept coming over looking in these puppy dog eyes like, can I play, can I play, can I play? <laughs> uh, we finally let him play with us, and uh, we let him win a couple times. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. So. so just a neighbor down the street. He was a neighbor down the street, yep. Good enough. Boy, he's slippery. I tell you, he's slippery. <laughs> You're not going to win today, Mark. I'm sorry. It's all good. I love these guys. <laughs> Mark, this is uh... – yeah, this is some, Tori and Steve. You guys shared some good stuff that makes us pastors think about, you know, how we lead our church, how we involve ourselves in the community, and how we treat new visitors, and how we preach on the platform. I mean, all of these things are are good things to think about, and you've given us some some food for thought. Mark, what would you like to say to any pastors? Uh, uh, that may be uh, wanting to do some of these things that you've talked about or or anything else, I guess. What would you like to share kind of in closing with pastors? Uh, something that when you were talking about the typical ministries, which are great, uh, you know, we could go on. Those things are valuable and they're important and they've stood the test of time. But there's a verse that says God is doing a new thing. And that's also a DC talk song. What I love about that kind of thinking is to not think maintenance mode. If you're thinking maintenance mode, that's when I think pastors get in trouble. It's like um, 
when people, when the Kings went off to war, David started walking the palace. And if I'm in maintenance mode, that's what opens me up to problems as opposed to getting into the battle and the battle is for souls and for hearts. And so how do I do that? Well, I have an understanding of the culture. Any other, any missionary, we would want their missiology to be tied to the culture and language of the community that they were living in. And I see pastors, they think everybody is, when we're in America, we all think the same, but I'm not, I was raised in urban and God placed me in rural and I've grown to love hunters. I've grown to love agriculture. Uh, Steve grew up on a dairy farm. Tori uh, bailed hay and it's so foreign to me, but these guys have taught me so much. And so if a pastor, and I've, I've even seen pastors like rip on their congregations because they aren't like how they grew up. And I just think, don't think that's healthy. This is where I'm placed. I don't want to be a chameleon. I'm always going to be a Chicago guy, but I, I need to be teachable. And so he's placed me here. Guess what? He's placed me around hunters. I learned to love hunting. I learned to try to have an understanding of it. And I could keep going on and on, but the bottom line is understand the culture they've placed you in. It's good missiology and it's good ecclesiology. Do you know Rob too? What's Rob's last name? Tarnovsky. Do you know Rob? Yes. It's like you quoted Rob there. He said the same, literally said the same thing. You BBC guys have come a long way. Yeah, thank you. Proud of you. Hey, I was joking with Jeff at the beginning that uh, we were having the Over 50 Club podcast today. Steve, how old are you? Nearing 50. Oh, well, Tori, you seem like a young man. You got an iPhone. I appreciate you helping me drag the median age down a little bit today, but... (laughs) Either way, drag it down to 48. That's right. Either way, it's been a lot of fun having you guys uh, on the podcast. Uh, I'm glad that that Steve and Tori, that you guys were able to be on as well with Mark and round out uh, kind of the information and and the story that's going on at your church. Um, Thank you so much for being with us and God bless your ministries down there in Missouri. Thank Thank you. Thank you. I think one of my favorite points coming out of that has got to be Steve saying that people need to champion ministries, that the pastor can't take everything and be the champion of it, right? That not every ministry can flow directly from the pastor's vision, but that sometimes you need lay people to get the vision for something, get excited, and become the champions. And Steve was talking about he outlined the whole basketball ministry, and you know he became the point man. And that is what you need as a pastor is you need people who are going to say, hey, here's what I'm passionate about. I will get out front on this, and I will lead it. I will be the champion of it. What a great thing. And he ends up becoming a champion when it all started out with Mark as just a neighbor down the street who walks up with his puppy dog eyes and wants to play basketball. Yeah, exactly. That's a challenge to us as pastors, just to get involved in people's lives. And we don't know that the neighbor down the street from us might be the next champion of a major outreach project in our church. You know, I was just sitting with with a college student yesterday. He's getting married this summer. And he said, you know, what, what they don't have at our school and what no other churches have is a group that is just specifically made for young marrieds or engaged couples, uh, hmm. specifically college students. And he was talking about they'd, they'd like to have some mentors and maybe twice a month meet as a big group. And we have a we have an actual fair number of these couples in our church right now. And then he said something to me that tickled my fancy, Jeff. Yes. It tickled my fancy. Yes. He said, if you just give me the emails, 
I'll just take care of it. Ooh. Oh, don't you love don't you love to hear <laughs> Oh, I that? said I think I could probably swing that. Any lay people that oh, wants my. to can say that. That was male beautiful. or female. That was beautiful when he said yeah. that. And I said, Absolutely. I will I'll grease the wheels and you just get going on it. And so Strike while the iron's hot. What a great situation to be in. Hey, this Sunday was Mother's Day. Yes. Did this you past Sunday? Did you honor right. your mothers? I honored my mother. I called her. Aw. I called her, and my wife got a card for her that I signed. Aw. And I said, it's all true, with a little tear stain on the card. My wife where... signed the card no, no, to no. my mother. No, no, no. I'm no. saying I just sent it. Oh, you. <laughs> your, your wife? All I did was send it. My wife signed it for me. I didn't touch it. Like, your mother's not going to look at that and say. <laughs> I know. Wow. That is disrespectful. It, I oh, that oh I feel terrible. Okay, so I called my mom. <laughs> she had already received my card. Yeah. I called her, and I said, Mom, you are going to love the flowers that you're going to get. Today's Sunday, you know, Mother's Day. Uh-huh. Of course, the, you know, flower shops are closed, but Mom knows that they're a lot cheaper after Mother's Day <laughs> than to get them sent the Friday or Saturday before Mother's Come Day. Come on, man. I can get her twice as many for the same Stop price. Stop it. Okay, actually, I'll spend less and get her half as many. <laughs> <laughs> or, or no, the same amount for less. But Jeff. She, yeah, she's thrifty like Jeff. that. Jeff. I so always get week, her enough. This week you have to buy her some? Well, I get her enough flowers to fill two vases. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they just cut flowers, they put them in a box, and they take them, and then she takes them and separates them well, and that's, makes two vases. I can't beat you up too much about that. I'm hey. sure that months from now, when she finally gets her Mother's Day present, then she'll be very happy. Present? The flowers are the present. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, this next week. Oh, it's always just this. Oh, always. <laughs> always. I have a personal relationship with the florist. With the florist, sure. in New York. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Hey, you don't need to hear about all this. This no, is just uh, blather at the end of the podcast. So we can stop talking about, you know, our own personal yes. failings as sons with our mothers. Yes. Uh, we I don't really know why we got off on that, but here's what we did want to say before we signed off today. We had a guest on episode 25 of our podcast. His name? Greg Atkinson. Greg Atkinson. Yeah. You said it better. Why didn't I just let you say it? I don't know. Because then I I butchered it. It's a good name. Greg has written a book called Strange Leadership. Yeah. You can find that book at strangeleadership.com or if you just look at strangeleadership on amazon.com, you can find that book. And he he had a guest post for us on Friday, last Friday. An excerpt from it the book. It was an excerpt from the book, talking yeah. Talking about desperation in churches. Greg helped us out when we were just a fledgling little podcast. He, he leveraged his network for us, and we appreciate that. So thank you, Greg, for, for doing that for us and for the guest post on Friday. You should definitely check out his book. Strange Leadership. You can find that at strangeleadership.com or on Amazon. Thanks so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.